Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon, church families. Good to see you all. Hope you're all doing well. Um, love that word that Noah brought about um, just churches working together. Ash and I had the joy last Sunday after leaving here of meeting with some pastors. It was a spontaneous uh, meeting for us anyway that uh, met with some pastors from Mississauga and Oakville and it was wonderful. And I think you know, what the Holy Spirit wants to do among us is bigger than one church, right? And bigger than one building. And um, you know, he is moving across the city through churches, through businesses, through individuals, through each one of us. And uh, we all have a part to play. So we're talking, as Kathy said, about seeking the welfare of the city. Last week I preached on uh, from Jeremiah 29 and um, Jonah chapter 4 about how we as a people have been called to seek the shalom or the, ble- or the, the peace of our city. That word uh, shalom means nothing lacking or nothing missing. So we're, we're seeking the peace of God, that there's nothing in God, nothing in our city that would be lacking or missing. Uh, we're to pray for our city. We're to love our city. And uh, we're to live in the love that God has for our city and then give that love away to the people around us. And, you know, it starts in our homes, doesn't it? You can't love the city if you don't love the people next to you. And, you know, from your home to your, you know, your neighborhood, your work, you know, your neighbors, your neighborhood, your work colleagues, and then, um, you know, the, the region, the city, the cities, the nation. So today I'm going to be talking about um, blessing speaking blessing over our city. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to outline a few points from Luke 10, but really focus in on the power of blessing. So if you want a title for the sermon, it's the power of blessing. And Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read from verses 1 to 12. And I've got this, some of this concept originally from Ed Silvoso, a revivalist Argentinian who's now living in America. But the Lord's really been speaking to me over the years about this, and um, let's have a look at it together. So, um, chapter 12, verse 1 of Luke. Sorry, what did I say? Chapter 10. Chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Just pause there for a minute just to point out a couple of things. The first thing is that the harvest belongs to Jesus. He's the Lord of the harvest. The second thing is he's, we're, he, you know, we're to pray to send out laborers into his harvest. And I love how Jesus himself, as soon as he says, pray this prayer, answers it straight away. So verse three, he says, go your way, Go your way. In other words, go where God's sending you. Go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Wherever you enter, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. 
Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the, that day for Sodom than for that town. And so in this passage, what Jesus is doing is he's setting out for his 72 that he's sending out, uh, a really a model that we can apply for ourselves, right? And, and the model looks like this. It's, first thing he says is, uh, when, as you go your way, when you enter a house, the first thing you do is bless. So bless. The second thing then is within that house is to fellowship. He says, don't go around and do lots of different things with different people. Fellowship with the people that you know, receive you. Bless them first, fellowship with them second. And what that does is that blessing opens up opportunity for fellowship. That fellowship then op opens up opportunity to understand what the issues are in their lives. And so the, the third thing he says then is to... Um, to heal the sick, which really is to meet the needs of the individuals there that are in that house. So they've been blessed. There's fellowship that's happening. Then they're meeting, they're preaching, they're healing the sick and meeting their needs. And then he says, preach the gospel. In other words, say this, the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so that, that outline of bless, fellowship, pray, uh, you know, pray for the sick or meet the felt needs and then preach the gospel is the Jesus model. And often we flip it around the other way. We want to we preach the gospel first, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what Jesus is outlining to us is this great opportunity um, to, 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 to bless. And it starts with blessing. So I'm talking about that this week. Ash will talk about fellowship next week. Steve will talk about um, some of the other things the week after. Um, but it's important just to see the power of blessing and the, and the importance of our words, right? So Jesus, what he says in verse five, he says, when you first enter the house, say this, say, peace be to the house, shalom. You know, we were talking last week about seeking the welfare of the city. It's the same word, shalom, peace to this house. And I think the first thing to say as we look at Jesus saying, you know, seek to bless is our blessing doesn't really have to be too profound. Sometimes we wanna make it complicated and sometimes we want to make it, you know, sort of dress it up in lots of, of language. But what Jesus is really saying is very simple. When you enter a house, just say peace. Let the shalom, remember shalom, nothing missing and nothing lacking. Your peace will rest on the man of peace. If there's peace there, the blessing will rest on that. And, and there's great power in being able to speak and speak a blessing. Let me just share a couple of stories with you. So, um, you know, when we were in Raleigh, one of our, our favorite restaurants was a Mediterranean restaurant, and we loved it, Ash and I, we loved it as a, as a, as a family. Um, and we as a church, we loved that restaurant. It was down the road from us. And so we would, um, when we did events like conferences or staff meetings or other things, we would, you know, we would go and we would get them to cater for us. And so I remember one, one day, we, um, I went out to help him bring some of the food in. The, it, it turns out it was the owner of the business and he's getting the food out. And I, and I just said to him, hey, look, we believe in the power of blessing. Can I pray a blessing over you? And, uh, and he's like, sure. I mean, I don't think there's many people that don't want to be blessed, right? It's a pretty easy in. And so uh, I just blessed him. I, I, I looked him in the eyes and I just said, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your business. I bless your employees. I bless your customers. I bless your suppliers. I, I just bless you to prosper and that everything that you do will succeed. 
And, um, and then, you know, we got on with eating our food and all of that. And so about a month later, like I said, we liked this restaurant and we catered there a lot. Um, we, we had him back again. And the first thing he says to me when he sees me is, you never, you know, guess what? My business has been blessed. My employees, are, you know, things are working well. My customers are coming back and things are moving. Things are looking really, really on the up. Thank you so much for your blessing. And that, that yeah, thanks, Kathy. That was awesome. I thought that was awesome. Um, not because of me, but because of Jesus, right? It's just a word of faith. And, um, you know, and we've been able to, as a church and as a family, and, and, you know, just to continue to go into that restaurant, bless some of the wait, waiters and waitresses there, bless the staff, and, um, and just it's created opportunity and openness for us to prophesy, to share, this, you know, the truth with some of them, to pray for them when they're sick and those kind of things. And it's been a wonderful blessing, and not just for us, but all of our community that have blessed that place. And, of course, being good citizens and tipping well is another way of blessing, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we, we, we were called, you know, we, we, were, we were living in blessing. You know, Proverbs 18, 21, it says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. In other words, what we say matters. And so another story, when, when we were, um, you know, just living in England when we were first relatively newly married. We were living in a townhome. Um, there was families on the other side as there are in the townhomes. Our oldest daughter, Hannah, was probably three or four months old. And um, there was a, a single mom and her three or four kids that lived next to us. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit had led me to do was to stand, you know, in my quiet time, my prayer times, was to stand and put my hands upon the wall of the house next door and pray for them and bless them. One of the, the, the oldest daughter uh, and then her, the next son would come and they'd come and visit and they would, you know, babysit, well, not babysit, but want to play with Hannah, our daughter. And, you know, so I would pray and bless them and, and just pray for God's blessing. This, this young girl, she loved to sing. You know, we moved after about a year and a half and I thought to myself, I, you know, I don't know what good came of that. I don't know what happened. Anyway, I found out many, many years later that she had become a famous singer in England, a famous pop star. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it was all me. You know, I'm sure she had her own things to do with it, but there was some power in praying and blessing. Just another story, when I was working for KPMG in Australia and, um, you know, we were looking for contracts, we needed to get work to keep the business going, and, um, and we were in a bit of a hole, and, uh, and I had had some conversations with my boss previously about, you know, praying and, and I prayed for the contracts. I was praying for contracts and praying for the business and, and, I, and I blessed the business. I was blessing our department to, to, win the, to win the work and a number of new projects came in. And, you know, my boss was able to say, hey, you know, your prayers are working. You know, he's not a, not a man of faith, but he was experiencing God through those blessings, right? And so, you know, there's a great opportunity for us to bless because the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so Jesus' model is this, that we're to bless, that we're to speak life. Why? Because God so loves us and he loves people and he wants them to come to know him. How do we know God's heart? Well, let me just give you a quick little tour of blessing in the Bible. It will be very truncated, but the blessing starts, the theme of blessing actually starts in Genesis chapter one. And just after God made male and female in his, in his image, in, in chapter 1, verse 28 of Genesis, it says this, and it says that God 
um, talking about Abraham, sorry, talking to, about Adam, it says that God blessed them. Now that word in the Hebrew, if you don't, don't know that the, the part of the, the Bible that we, that we love and read is written in the Hebrew language and that word bless mean, is barak, which means to kneel. And so what, it's, what happened is it says that God blessed, so he knelt in front of Adam and Eve, the greater blessing standing in front of the lesser, in his case, and blessing and speaking identity and destiny and calling forth the good through that blessing in someone that he created. So the first thing that God did was to bless, to get down on his knees, to get to eye level in a sense, and to bless Adam and Eve. And what did he say in that verse? It says, he blessed them and he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So when we bless, we're acting like God. When we bless people that are around us, we're actually taking on what God has done for us and all of humanity and partnering with that blessing and speaking life. And so what did God do when he bent down and he knelt? It's like he's coming down. You know, when, when you have a little kid who hurt themselves, you bend down and you give them a hug, right? He's, he's blessing, he's speaking life and identity over the, all of humanity. And he's saying, listen, the blessing was this, to be fruitful and to multiply to fill the earth. You know, humanity was made in the image of God. We are imagers of God. We carry God's image. And so what God said to Adam and Eve was, take that image, multiply that image, and fill all of the earth with the image of God. And in that process, take what's you know, uh, uh, in the earth that is yet to be subdued and tamed and serve and steward the earth and bless the earth and have dominion over it. Not so that we can lord it over people or lord it over things, but actually that we can steward what God has given us. And so that was the blessing that was given to Adam and Eve and therefore has been given to you and I as we're standing in the image and living in the image of God. Now we know that Adam and Eve fell short of the, the goodness of God. They fell short of the glory. They sinned. They decided they didn't want to go God's way. And so they stepped out of that and, and lost that blessing. But God because he's so loving, continues to bless. And there was a, a story in Genesis chapter 12 where it talks, you know, Abraham comes on the scene. And Abraham is a, is a one man and God says, I'm going to choose you and out of you I'm going to make a nation, the Jewish nation, the Israelite, Israelite nation, and out of you all the nations of the earth are going to see how good I am. And so in Genesis chapter two, 12, verse 2 and 3, God says this to, to Abraham. He blesses him and he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God's intention was to take Abraham and through Abraham, all of humanity to be blessed. That was his promise and Abraham took hold of that promise. And we know that he took hold of that promise because when God comes to him and says, hey, have you seen how wicked Sodom and Gomorrah are? I'm gonna trash that place. I'm gonna send fire and brimstone down on it. Abraham's heart was, no, I've been called to be a blessing. So he starts to go into a dialogue with God. You can read about that, that he has a bit of a discussion with God and he says, look, I know how good you are. I know how kind you are. There's no way, would you really destroy that city if there are 50 righteous people there? 
Abraham knows I've been called to be a blessing. Even though that's a place of wickedness, I'm going to stand in a place and see if God will bless that. And he has this discussion and argument and he goes from, I think, 50 down to about 10 or five people, 10 people. And he's like, you know, if there's only 10 people, will you still destroy it? And God's like, no, I won't. Why? Because Abraham's understood, he's caught the heart of God. He realizes that actually he's been called to be a blessing and he's not called to bring, to speak judgment, to allow God to bring the judgment, right? And so, you know, scroll forward, uh, there's lots of passages of blessing that we could look at, but for the sake of time, we scroll forward to Jesus. Jesus came as, as the second Adam, as the last Adam, the one who came to, to take up humanity and to recreate us in the purity and the life of the image of God. He's the one who came full of grace and truth. He's the one that came that were, you know, in, to live a perfect life to God in the way that God required humanity to live that we couldn't live, but, he, but God himself sent his son, Jesus, to live our life for us so that we could be, when we say yes to Jesus after he went to the cross and he died and he was buried and he was resurrected, having taken all of our sin and all of our shame and all of our separation and all of our guilt upon himself. He then recreates us. When we say yes to Jesus, the Bible says that we become new creations. We're no longer in the Adam race. We're now in the Jesus race. Carrying the image of God, the image of the man from heaven. And our eternal destiny is that we're going to look like Jesus. And that according to scripture, our eternal destiny is that we are going to be conformed into the likeness of his son, the father's son, Jesus. So you're going to look just like Jesus. And so what, what Paul goes on to say in, um, in uh, Galatians chapter 3 is in Galatians 3, and we can put that scripture up as well if we would, please. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. No, this is Paul talking to the church in Galatia. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. If you have faith, you are a son of Abraham. And therefore, by faith, you are an heir of Abraham. And the very promise that God gave to Abraham has been given to you and to me. But Paul goes on to say it a bit more explicitly. He says in verse 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung, hanged on a tree. So we're no longer under the curse because Christ has redeemed us from that. He's taken that curse upon himself. Get this, so that in Christ Jesus, not on our own, not in our own ability, but in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, which is in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's you and that's me. as someone who's not a, a, a Jewish person and if you if you're not a Jewish person. So that we might receive the promise and the promise is the Holy Spirit, right? Through faith. And so God's blessed us in Christ Jesus. That blessing is the Holy Spirit. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I get to become just like Jesus. And by the power of the Spirit, we get to bless those around us and we get to transform and shift atmospheres and shift the nation. All right? It's a beautiful thing. God's blessing us. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us is the blessing of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God, Paul says, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we receive that blessing, but we're not just blessed for ourselves. We're actually blessed to receive, to bless those 
around us. And so we are walking in the image of God, having power in the words that we share and having life or death in our tongues. And Jesus, his mission and his mandate to come to the earth was that he would seek and save those who were lost. He didn't come to judge us. He didn't come to write us off. He didn't come to call out our sin, although he did call out sin. But his ultimate aim and his ultimate purpose is that all of us would experience the love of the Father and we would step into newness of life and then we would be fruitful in the same way that Jesus was fruitful to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it because that's what Jesus came to do to fulfill that original blessing that came upon mankind. It's the good news, right? And it's all based upon not our ability, but on the performance and the worth of Jesus. I just why I love the gospel. The gospel isn't good news, sorry, good advice. It's not just, hey, what you have to do is speak a blessing over you. Oh, you didn't do it? Silly people, what on earth are you playing at? The gospel is that Christ now is dwelling on the inside of us. And we have his holiness and his righteousness, that we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he gets to breathe his life in and out of us. And we get to walk in that blessing, right? Not based on our own ability or our own performance. And so we come to this moment, we come to this verse that I really, I, I love in this context. And it is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 11. Proverbs 11, 11 says this, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. By the, by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. So Jesus is saying this, you know, right back with his disciples, we talked about in Luke 10, he's saying, when you go into a house, speak blessing. There's life and death and the power of the tongue. And then by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Who is the upright? We are the upright. Anybody that has said yes to Jesus is now automatically upright in him if we remain in him. The Bible says in Colossians chapter one that we are holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if we remain in him. 1 Corinthians 3, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1 says that He is our righteousness, our peace, and our joy. We don't live, we don't go to heaven, we don't experience God on the basis of our own performance. We don't go, we don't, we, we don't experience God by the good things that we've done. We experience God and we live a life of glory and joy and freedom and peace because of the worth of Jesus, because of what He has done, because of the performance of Jesus that has been credited to your and my life account. It's so beautiful and so it's wonderful. And so we are upright. We are the upright ones. Blessed, the blessed, the blessing of the upright, that's your and my mouth. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. In other words, when we speak blessing, God moves because he's a God of love. When we speak blessing, God acts, we tap into his heart and he acts in a, such a way as to fulfill that calling because his heart and his desire is that all of humanity would experience him and experience his blessings. So we have to really, really be careful, therefore, about what comes out of our mouth. Because if there's life and death in there, it's important what we say. So, you know, we can be walking along, we can see somebody, we can see somebody that doesn't look like us, that doesn't, doesn't dress the way that we dress or that looks like they're struggling with their identity in whatever way it is, right? And we can take a moment and we can walk in judgment and we can speak a negative, I can't believe, look at that person, look what they're wearing, what a, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
What we're doing right there is we're tearing them down and speaking death. As opposed to in that moment saying, Lord, they, it, it looks like, you know, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily say this out loud, but if you think to yourself, they're, they're maybe struggling with their identity, but here's what I want to bless you to experience your true identity. I want to bless you to experience the love of God. I want to bless you to prosper in all that you do. I want to bless you to bless your family and bless your relationships, all of those kind of things. Why do we do that? Because that leads them to Jesus. That helps them experience the love of God. The opposite is that by the mouth of the wicked, the city is overthrown. Could it be possible that some of the things that we're experiencing, well, not this nation, another nation, the one down the road, that we're experiencing some of the things that we're experiencing, some of the disunity and the challenges in our culture, because we as believers have been tearing down, not blessing. That we've been speaking negative things rather than speaking life. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying that we don't stand for what's true and what's right. It is important that we hold biblical truth. We hold to the biblical mandate and all the truth and really truth is a person truth is Jesus and we hold on to Jesus and what he says it's important that we don't we're not just soft on sin and we just let people do whatever they like but it's also really important that we don't lead with judgment we lead with love and that when we bless we're creating space and opportunity to actually begin to build relationship and connection that it gives us permission to speak into people's lives rather than just coming against them and let being known about what we're against, not what we're for, right? And so, if this is true, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, then that starts in your family. I was just sharing, I was, after this first service, I was chatting with a lady who has uh, great-grandchildren, and she was telling me that she's been, over the last month, blessing her granddaughter, who was in one, in a, in, uh, junior school, whatever the grade was, and she, she was not doing very well at school, and her grand, great-grandmother starts to bless her, and she just graduated, just finished that year, having got like really great marks at the end of the year, because the great-grandmother was beginning to speak blessing. For us, when, we were, when our kids were young, we had one of our kids that was, um, you know, didn't want to go to school, she got a lot of stress going to school, and there was this little song that we, we, we knew that we used to sing out of Philippians, and it was like, I can do all, all, all things through Christ who strengthens me, ba da ba ba you know. And um, sorry to have to put you to my voice, but there you go. And, um, you know, we would get her to sing that song. Why? Because she's speaking a blessing over her life. She's singing scripture, which is inherently powerful and a bless, in, in, in a blessing. And, and she's singing that over her so that, and then she's like, okay, I can do this. I can go to school because she's experienced God and the blessing. I've already talked about blessing my neighbor. I want to encourage you, pray for your neighbor and bless your neighbor. Oh, and, and see what doors God's opened up for you. Bless them with a heart of love. I've talked about blessing your business and I, I want to encourage you, bless your company. If your company isn't doing very well, start to speak blessing over it. If your boss is annoying you, start to speak blessing over your boss. Start to shift things because what God has put in your tongue is life. 
If you don't like a politician or you know, what's going on in our nation, we, yeah, we stand up for what's right, but at the same time, we also start to speak blessing. We don't tear people down. Even if that blessing is as simple as, I really don't like that person, but Lord, would you have mercy upon them and would, they lead them, would you lead them to yourself? That's a blessing that you can say over somebody that you don't necessarily believe in the same politics or whatever it is, right? But we're called to bless because that's God's heart and God's desire. And so I, I wanna just challenge us. I wanna encourage us as a community Let's be a community that's quick to bless. Let's be a community that speaks life over our city, over our neighborhood. Let's be a community that actually t is not coming out of the place of our own effort. I think, again, just want to center this right back in the gospel. The truth is that God has put his spirit within us. And the, the, the Bible says that he's poured out his love in our hearts by the spirit. And that we're by the spirit, we receive what we need. And when we receive what we need out of by the spirit, we get to live a life of love and a life of faith and a life of joy and a life of declaration because it's not coming from our own ability, it's coming from His ability. It's not coming from our power, it's coming from the Spirit's power, yes. right? And so I wanna invite you to stand if you would, please. Again, I want to remind you, Jesus says, when you enter a house, bless it and say peace be on it. We're not talking about having to have lots of complicated blessings. We're actually just talking about simple blessings. And so in the kingdom of God, most things we receive, we receive when we shift our mindset and we turn ourselves around by the power of the Spirit. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to just take a moment to, to welcome the Holy Spirit right now. Just tune in, however you tune into the Spirit, whatever that looks like for you, just to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I love your presence. Thank you for being with me. Holy Spirit, thank you for your life. Thank you for empowering me, for dwelling on the inside. I, I welcome you. I treasure your presence in my life, Holy Spirit. And just take a moment to tune in to his presence. And then for some of us here, We've been living in neutral. We haven't been speaking curses. We haven't really been speaking blessings. We've just been coasting along. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say, there's more. And for some of us here, we've actually not just been in neutral, we've been in the negative. And we've been very quick to tear down and to use our words in a negative way. And it's really simple to receive forgiveness it's just to confess our sin. The Bible says when we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And so I want you to pray a prayer with me if you feel comfortable. We're just gonna pray and ask the Lord for forgiveness for any way we've been neutral and any way that we've been negative. But we haven't spoken the blessings of God and it's simple. You can pray with me if you want or make up your own prayer. But Lord, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. The truth is, I've been living in neutral, or at worst, I've been living in the negative. And I haven't been speaking life and blessing over people. And Father, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you would cleanse me of that unrighteousness. And I ask that you would shift my thinking and shift my perspective. Please forgive me, Lord. 
I receive your cleansing right now. Would you fill me with your love? And just take a moment just to receive his love right now. It comes by the Spirit. Say, Father, would you shift my thinking? Give me the perspective of blessing. I thank you that I live in the Abraham covenant of blessing. That I have been called to be a blessing. I thank you that through me, my sphere, my city will be blessed. And I choose to speak life in Jesus' name. And I just want to bless you to finish off. So, you know, one of the things I didn't get a chance to say was when you bless somebody, it's actually scientifically proven that when you look at them, there's a transfer of left eye to left eye of joy and of life that goes in cycles that actually propagates joy. And so when you look at, when you bless somebody, look them in the eye. When you bless your waitress or your waiter, look them in the eye where you can. And so I, I can't look at all of you in the eye because there's too many of you and I can't see your eyes for some of you anyway. But I just want to bless you and as if I'm looking at you in the eye, okay? And here's what I want to bless. I want to bless you that the Lord, well, the Lord would bless you and the Lord would keep you and He would make His face to shine upon you. I want to bless you in your coming in and I want to bless you in your going out. I want to bless you in your marriages. I want to bless you. I bless you in your families. I bless you in your workplaces. I bless you in your neighborhoods. I bless you in your jobs. I bless you in your schools. I bless you in your ministries in Jesus' name. I bless you with fruitfulness. May, the, may favor be a shield around you wherever you go, that the favor of God, that people would meet the favor of God before they even meet you. Because the Bible says that, your, that God's favor is a shield. And I bless you that you would hear the good word that's always been spoken over you in heaven about your identity and about how loved you are and about how God favors you, that you would always hear that in your spirit and in your heart at all times. I bless your spirits to lead your bodies and your souls. And I bless you to prosper in everything that you do. Catch the fire in Toronto, be blessed in Jesus' name. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.